This is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore in for Sasha Ann Simons. As the summer winds down, it's not too late to hit the pause button and have some fun. So if you want to get away or have fun in town, stay skation style, well, you might need some tips. So for help on that front, we turn to travel experts and insiders. First, we're going to hear from John Pletz. We are sticking with summer travel, though. John is a senior reporter covering aviation for Crane Chicago Business. John, welcome to Reset. Hey there, how are you? Great. So, John, let's start with leisure travel. Summer is usually a high traffic time for the airlines. How has the industry fared this summer? Uh, the, the industry's done well. Uh, you know, the, we're, we're not completely back to where we were before the pandemic, but it's been a very strong summer. Uh, a lot of vacation travel, international travel uh, has, uh, has been really good uh, for the second year in a row. So all things considered, you know, people are flying. When do airlines usually see their summer peak? It's usually it's usually about this time. It's usually you know in, in July. Uh, generally, anywhere between uh, you know Memorial Day and Labor Day is, is peak uh, peak time for the airlines. International flights have been especially expensive this summer, and the U.S. domestic carriers didn't see the summer surge they expected. Are those two things related? What's driving this? I think the the international uh, demand has has been really strong uh, for for all the airlines, um, and and the pricing for them has has been really good. So so far, uh, you know, it's uh, it's what they've uh, what they've been counting on. That you know, after COVID, a lot of people were going to travel. Uh, a lot of people were going to want to travel. Uh, you know, perhaps spend a little more, go a little farther to places they hadn't been able to travel. And what about you personally? Have you done any traveling this summer? I have not. I I have not had uh, a lot of chance to travel. And is that because of any of the airline troubles? As a traveler, do you think about these things that you report on? You know, I I think the airlines, uh, you've got a couple of things going on. I, I think travel demand is really, really strong. I think the airlines are still getting back up to speed. Uh, you know, fr- from the pandemic, so you know, uh, flights are fuller. Uh, you're gonna, ha- you're still gonna have some hiccups, uh, and and when you do have those hiccups, uh, they they can be a little worse than in the past. But no, all, all things, uh, all things considered, you know, I, I I think it I think it's going well for them. I think it's uh, I think it's going pretty well for the public. Uh, I, but I do think it's going to take a little bit uh, a little bit more time. Uh, before uh, things are as smooth, um, I think, as, as, as people remember. You know, when, it, when the problems hit, uh, it, it seems like, uh, you know, it's, it's worse uh, than before when the, when, you know, when the, when the problems do arise. The, the problems are often very big. The pandemic impacted the way Americans work and travel and has had lasting effects. One big one is how much less people are traveling for work. And we know Chicago's economy depends heavily on business travel and tourism. Will business travel ever see a full comeback? It's not clear. Uh, it's it, it, it's really not, not clear that that's going to happen. Uh, you know, when you, when you talk to uh, airline executives, they're, they're, some of them are starting to come around to the idea that maybe – business travel patterns, uh, you know, might have changed permanently. Uh, Southwest has been talking a lot about that. Uh, the, the, you know, the times when people travel, the amount that they're traveling, 
you will still hear airline CEOs say when it's important uh, to close, you know, to close a deal, or uh, maybe more important, if you're if you're at risk of losing a deal, people will get on the plane and want to do business face to face. But they also readily acknowledge that a lot of a lot of business meetings before that would have happened in person, uh, you know, are are happening by Zoom. So it it looks like you know you you might not see uh, the same frequency of travel and maybe um, the the same spending, but it's it's not going away. John, you filed a story earlier this month about O'Hare struggling to regain its pre-pandemic flying levels. O'Hare saw about 68.3 million people last year, compared with 84.6 million people in 2019. Can this be explained by the business travel decline, or is there something else going on? There's a couple of things going on. Uh, Business travel decline is definitely part of it. Uh, You know, Chicago is one of those markets uh, that, that depends more than others on business travel, particularly those, you know, those day trips, you know, by, uh, by consultants, you know, in and out. And that definitely affects Chicago. Some other things that affect Chicago, Chicago is a place that is more dependent because of where it is on the map on the small regional jets than uh, almost any airport in the country. And because of that, you know, the, in the current environment, uh, regional jets are more expensive to fly. When fuel prices go up, it's less economical. So you're seeing a lot of airlines uh, start using larger planes. So they're flying the same capacity out of O'Hare, but far fewer flights. That affects um, that affects Chicago a lot. You've also had uh, that that situation uh, aggravated by the fact that you know, there's some markets you need regional jets; they're just too small. Uh, you know, Des Moines, Chicago, that that kind of thing. There's a shortage of pilots, and that trickles down. So when you don't have enough pilots, the people uh, you know who feel it most are uh, the companies that fly the small regional jets, and the pilot shortage is really felt most there. That's one of the reasons that American Airlines, I was talking to them a few weeks ago, said that you know it, it directly translates into why um, they have not recovered more of their capacity at O'Hare. If you're just joining us, I'm speaking with John Plett, senior reporter covering aviation for Crane Chicago Business. John is giving us an update on the airline industry, speaking about some of the issues they are facing. John, according to a CBS News report, the av- aviation industry is short roughly twenty, uh, 32,000 commercial pilots, mechanics, and air traffic controllers, and that gap widens every year. The report suggests delays associated with these staffings could persist for a decade or more. We've talked about the pilot shortage. What what do you know about the mechanics and air traffic controllers? Uh, same same problem. You know, you've you've got two things going on. These are all very specialized uh, jobs that require certification, so you can't just um, you know grab grab people and and hire them as quickly as you want. So there's a supply shortage. There's also an increase uh, in the number of uh, employees retiring out of those jobs. So the, you know, the retirement of the baby boomers is really being felt. And you couple that with uh, the the pandemic, uh, you know, sort of snapback. So there are a lot of early retirements, um, you know, in in airlines during the pandemic. They, They try to staff back up. So you've got early retirements coupled with uh, you know, the boomer demographics that airlines were wrestling with before the pandemic. 
and you put those together and, you know, you've got the makings of a long-term problem that they're going to keep chipping away at. You know, I mean, United went so far as to, you know, buy its own flight school uh, to try and get ahead of this. And, you know, the big airlines are suffering worse than the little guys, but there's, yeah, there's going to be a shortage um, of all of uh, those employees, whether it's mechanics, pilots, air traffic controllers. And, you know, those those folks are, are going to get paid more. And, you know, it's just going to be a problem that's going to take time. It's not going to get solved overnight, no matter how much money you throw at it. Does the FAA or the Department of Transportation have recruitment strategies to fill the empty cockpits and control towers? In terms of the uh, the cockpits, that's something that the airlines have uh, have mainly handled. And you know, again, it's getting creative about uh, you know getting out there and recruiting aggressively. You know, trying to bring you know more people into the pipeline who will you know become uh, you know certified pilots. That's a training issue. And then on on the other side, uh, you know, for the FAA, the, the air traffic controller situation is something that you know. They're like like other government agencies when you've got uh, talent that's in high demand. Uh, you know, you, you've just got to try and, and keep working at it. One of the problems they face is uh, something that the airlines um, are also facing. Those jobs are very hard to fill in expensive markets. And, you know, whether or not the, uh, the federal government's going to be able to increase pay enough to make that attractive to be an air traffic controller living in the New York City area, I don't know. John Pletz is the senior reporter covering aviation for Crane Chicago Business. Thanks for joining us on Reset, John. Glad to be with you, Natalie. Thanks. This is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore in for Sasha and Simons. I am so ready for a staycation that I jumped bringing our next two guests in earlier. But now we are finally ready to hear from them for some travel tips and what you need to know if you want to stay in town, staycation style, or you need some tips for a quick getaway before summer winds down. We have Rachel Kawate, a Chicago-based travel creator. She helps others plan their next getaway by sharing travel tips and her own experiences on Instagram. Rachel, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. And in studio, we're joined by Crystal Dyer. She's a travel advisor with more than two decades of experience. She's also the CEO of Gone Again Travel and Tours located in the Austin neighborhood. Welcome, Crystal. Thank you so much. Crystal, I'll start with you. Traditionally, we see prices associated with travel and vacations drop during the early fall after that summer busy season. Is the end of summer a good time to plan a vacation? Definitely. Uh, the end of summer is uh, one of the uh, best times to uh, leave the country, uh, go uh, internationally, uh, because all the uh, the air prices along with uh, hotels in different destinations uh, have dropped. Is it ever too soon to plan a vacation? How far in advance should you start booking and planning? Well, actually, uh, people can plan as far out as 11 months before they want to travel due to the fact that airline rates are available at that time. And then if uh, any changes occur during that 11 months, um, the uh, prices can be adjusted when you book a package uh, that includes your air, your hotel, tours, etc. What about those of us who aren't so good at planning? Do you have any tips for the last-minute traveler? Is it doable? Oh, sure, sure. 
by myself being in the industry for over two decades, uh, I have clients all the time, sometimes as far as two weeks before they want to go. And actually, I've had people three days before they want to go, believe it or not. And uh, so, yeah, uh, that enables them when they call a travel uh, professional like myself, you know, I have access to many fields and many destinations all in one view. And then I can actually tell them which destination has the best airfare. And then, you know, we can build it from that point. Rachel, your audience on Instagram knows you specialize in unique destinations all over the world. And many are easily accessible to Chicago. When you set out to plan a vacation near or far, where do you start? Yeah, so typically the first step is to figure out what you want out of the trip. You know, do you want adventure, just pure relaxation, nature, city, or maybe all of the above? Um, and the next is timing, you know, so how long your trip can be. You know, if it's a week-long trip or a weekend getaway. And then next is budget, you know, which will typically determine where you'll go types of activities that you do and your accommodations. Um, and then from there, you know, which is my personal favorite part, is researching and planning your itinerary within those means. Traveling internationally can be very daunting, especially for first-time travelers or people with children. Are these anxieties about international travel justified, Crystal? Actually, um, as I was saying uh, previously, you know, when you uh, – choose a professional that has traveled the world, number one, and then, you know, has access to many of the options that are available in the world um, through, you know, my many vast associations with uh, the different tourist associations around the world, you know, hey, that can be a snap. Well, of course, you know, if somebody's trying to maneuver all of those things on their own, yeah, it can be hard. And Rachel, you do a lot of international trips. What advice would you give to a first-time international traveler? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. You know, as an international traveler, it's definitely important to be mindful of cultural norms uh, because you don't want to come off rude or disrespectful. And so I'd highly recommend doing some research on the country or city that you're visiting so you know what you should be aware of. Um, and then, of course, it's always helpful to... Um, you know, know some common words or phrases of the national language. And then lastly, just relax and have fun. You know, it can be intimidating to travel internationally for the first time, but locals are typically very uh, helpful and friendly towards tourists. Getting that passport renewed or issued for the first time can be so much drama. Crystal, I know <laughs> that you must deal with this a lot. What do people need to know and not just write your congressperson a week before? <laughs> Or the day before. <laughs> okay, well, first of all, please, please, please do not procrastinate. Uh, this year has been the worst year that I've seen in 24 years in this business. I had clients, actually whole families of five, miss their, their trip. I've got families that were traveling uh, in early July that still have not received their passports and they applied in March. So pull those passports out if you already have one. Check the date. The date must be six months um, uh, out from the date you are actually going to travel. And if you don't have a passport, 
even just considering your future plan, go ahead and order that passport. Make yourself a great Christmas present by becoming a world traveler by just ordering that passport and you know, and then you can move on with your life from there and dream big dreams of travel worldwide. We're talking about last minute getaways at the end of summer. What are some places that people could consider could consider that are affordable right now? Crystal, and then right. I'll ask you right Well, right now for Europe, uh, at the end of summer, um, which is hurricane season, typically in the Caribbean, okay, for international. But you can go to Europe, and you don't have to be bothered with that. Airfares are lower. Uh, if you like cruising, you know, cruising, I mean, you can have the most magnificent time. I mean, even a single person can go on a cruise and in some cases get a balcony stateroom for, you know, like seven, $800, okay? And then all your meals are included. And so, uh, and then there's just, uh, just so many destinations uh, where, uh, I mean, I was just looking recently, you know, even uh, places in uh, Italy, um, in France, you know, I saw airfares for $400. Round trip. Round trip. Rachel, where would you recommend people who are looking for a last-minute trip this summer go? Yeah, you know, I, I guess last minute, I think, you know, even the Chicago suburbs are fantastic for a weekend getaway or even a day trip. Um, one of my favorites is St. Charles. It's right on the Fox River. It's a gorgeous area with lots to do there. You can have fun at Potawatomi Park, bike along the river, uh, do some great shopping, and also have delicious food. So uh, I think it'd be great for a great family outing or girls' day trip or even a cute date. And, you know, early fall, I think even the Chicago suburbs are easily accessible and very affordable. We heard earlier from an aviation reporter about the struggles of the airline industry, delays, staffing shortages, weather, being prepared is half the battle. <laughs> what tips do you have for navigating airports, Rachel? Yeah, so firstly, I highly recommend getting TSA PTAC if you're able to. It's been a lifesaver for me many times, and it gives me peace of mind that I was And, and tell, remind quicker. people, Rachel, remind people what TSA yeah. PreCheck does. Yeah, so typically um, you'll have your own separate line uh, when you go to security, and you don't have to... Um, go through the long process of taking off your shoes or taking out your laptop. It's really like a streamlined, quicker process to go through. Um, of course, to apply for a TSA pre-check, you have to go through the screening process. Um, and I know there's like a current wait time. I'm not sure what the exact wait time is right now, but I think TSA pre-check is definitely worth it. Um, but aside from that, you know, go early to the airport to give yourself time. Make sure you know which terminal your date is in. Um, and if it's helpful, airports do typically have maps um, that you can look at before you go there. And then, as always, you know, just ask for help if you need it. Airport staff can definitely point you in the right direction. Crystal, anything you want to add to that? Uh, yeah, I totally agree. You know, getting there early is very important uh, because, you know, as we do things, uh, sometimes uh, they aren't correct. <laughs> and uh, we cannot even uh, with, with a pre-check. Um, sometimes, you know, things can get behind. But uh, during the fall, you know, everyone uh, should uh, really still keep those same uh, time frames of, you know, at least, you know, a couple of hours before the flight uh, leaves. 
If you're just joining, we're talking about travel tips and vacation planning with travel creator Rachel Kawate and travel advisor Crystal Dyer. Crystal, you already talked about this is the hurricane season for the Caribbean, but we've also seen some other bad weather instances. Southern California is getting hit by Hurricane Hillary. Is there anything else that travelers should watch out for during late summer and early fall travel? Research, you know, research, uh, uh, because, uh, you know, there are uh, travel uh, maps online, there's uh, destination uh, uh, information, there's also the, um, the different community and tourism boards in the different destinations, and their websites are updated uh, continuously. So please, you know, review those things, and uh, so you'll at least, uh, whatever your fantasy is about a destination, you know, you can get real-time information before you, uh, you know, take any, uh, you know, steps toward booking that destination. And then, of course, there's always travel insurance. I always advise people, always travel with, uh, you know, it's a small fee to add to your vacation package. And uh, and in a lot of cases, you know, yeah, we could be healthy and all those other things. But things happen. People get sick sometime in destination. And those fees uh, can be astronomical. Rachel, you mentioned getting TSA pre-checked, but I've been hearing friends talk about global entry instead. Do you have any thoughts about doing one or the other? Yeah, so global entry also includes TSA pre-check, I believe. And so I have global entry, and it just if you're going to be traveling internationally frequently, I would definitely recommend that. It makes you know coming back into the U.S. much easier and quicker. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you're mostly domestic, I would recommend TC Pitcher, but if you're also planning a lot of international, global entry definitely would be helpful. Crystal, are you a cruise person? You know, I like all of the above. I, I do a lot of flying also. I just returned from Ghana, West Africa two Fridays ago, but I love the relaxation of cruises uh, also. What should people keep in mind about cruises during hurricane season? Or is it just don't do it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my advice. Uh, I normally don't book uh, travelers during the month of September because of that, you know, because it's uh, so unpredictable. And so um, I will advise people of that fact uh, to try to, um, you know, plan it at the either the very end of September or, or going into October time frame. How was your trip to Ghana? It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Yeah. And I, I want to, I know that probably asking what your favorite place is, is so hard. Crystal, you mentioned that you like relaxation, but what are some of your favorite trips that you've taken? Well, I love history, first of all. I love uh, the adventure of searching out, you know, thousands of years of the world. And, um, uh, you know, and then putting that together to figure out what I'm going to do tomorrow, right? <laughs> so I actually have a program on the West Side where I take youth on cultural immersion excursions throughout the city so they can discover themselves through the history of the city, the history of different museums and arts of cultures worldwide. Now, Crystal, I haven't heard a city or a country yet. <laughs> 
Oh, gosh. What is my favorite? It's hard. Um, one of. You don't have to do okay, favorite. Okay, let's do one. Well, um, I, I love trees. So, uh, <laughs> Costa Rica. Okay. And 